Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast for part two of our review of the 2013-2014 season. We're going to pick up where we left off and myself, Richard, Rory and Tom are going to talk about Sunderland and 35,000 fans travelling down to the bright lights of London for Wembley. Football fever. People are looking forward to Sunday. We're all off to Wembley this weekend Mm -hmm. and we're making a weekend of it. So I'm just getting in the scarf. How do you summarise the atmosphere like in Sunderland at the moment? Oh, it's brilliant. It's just lifted the whole, the whole city's lifted. And uh, so we aren't with Absolutely. (laughs) Getting off any tube station in in central London and hearing a northeast accent or you'd walk around the West End and a rickshaw go past and like uh, it would be like a couple of like lads in like red and white shirts <laughs> singing Ovito Minone like <laughs> you couldn't go around a corner and not either see red and white or hear someone from the northeast it was and we said we touched on there about this is why I do it and that night before was was one of them wasn't it like the whole of the town like descended on the place and yeah, it's 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 emotional, and they, that's why I think like going to Wembley will always be great under no matter what the circumstances are, because you get these you get these things happening, and it's people coming together, and you know if, even if you think of the Checker Trade final, like how often like us who are all involved in the pod, it's not very often that all of us are together, and the majority of us were, I think actually all well maybe Tom and um, one or two others before at the at the live show, and. It, you know, it's people coming from from all over the world because we know we are a club with you know who've got a lot of support and people from the northeast have gone for various different sort of like economic reasons to work in far flung places and but they come together for these cup finals and that's what you see when you see that sea of red and white on on Wembley Way and that's why yeah even though we we always get beat there and maybe the novelty's worn off a little bit I think that's why it'll always be be quite special to me and you know it's getting your pictures with your family on Wembley Way as well with the fact that like the walkway had been like decked out in like our players and stuff like that and like the results we'd had on the way just something we hadn't yeah. well for, for in my time supporting the club maybe bar the Millwall semi-final we'd, we'd not really had anything like that at all any any sense of big occasion for a long time yeah there's there's not many well there are many things i am bitter about uh with, when it comes <laughs> to sunderland uh, but the thing that the one thing that does make me most annoyed is like i i, I couldn't get a ticket for this game like for love no money uh i think that's the one thing that'll still rankle with me uh, this is why maybe this is why i don't like wembley i don't like this don't like the the whole thing around it because even though the checker trade was was fun like the the day was fun, uh, the playoff game not so much. But it's just like that was our massive that was our massive day out. Whether where like the world's watching, it's not just teams in our division care. It's like every team in the country will probably what like to win the league cup or be in the league cup final, um, and not being able to be there was was a real sh- it was a real shame um I d- in fairness i did get offered a ticket for like 250 quid 300 quid money that i didn't really have but i i didn't feel like i went to all the games with my brother 
and my dad didn't go, get to go in 1973. So if them two weren't there, there'd be no point. So we just watched it. We just watched it at home, and that was good because, again, in a way, Rory, like a bit like what you're saying, we're all to, we're all together, like all like a whole family watching it. But yeah, I don't know. It's, the finals has a bit of a, a tinge of like bitterness for me mm. and also we uh, lost well, well get a season ticket to Tobin in 30 years you might get to, uh, <laughs> we're never getting to a league cup final year. or any form of final in any time soon <laughs> or in 40 maybe, years time maybe the checker trade again oh, no stuff that <laughs> when football like, comes back I feel like most people have got the uh, fan experience where they go and they get mortal before the game and all that stuff and Rory might have been at that end of the spectrum Richard's gone in the press so you can't really do that I was maybe so somewhere in the middle I went out the night before I went out um the night before and did all the Convent Garden thing but then on the day on the morning of the match before kickoff, I was there babysitting Sonny the Seagull <laughs> to walk around with him um, while people came up and giving me drunk opinions that then Sonny FM couldn't use for the radio anyway in most in most cases who's Sonny the Sonny, Seagull? he's the Sonny FM mascot Tom oh, a, a, a man in a suit? yes amazing we yeah. uh, were could you the? You could have been Sonny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have. Yeah, the the guy who was Sonny didn't have a ticket for the match, so I did fail for him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just left him outside. The seagull then didn't even get a goal. What that a match. kick of the balls! <laughs> what did they do? Like tie him to a lamppost or something until you, until you finished? <laughs> no, I, I only had to look after him up until the kickoff. He wasn't my problem after that. <laughs> oh my God. I like oh, that look yeah. after him like he was like massively volatile. He's <laughs> not your problem. Do you go and like have a meet with some like hooligan Man City fans or something? <laughs> Who were all dressed up as other animals as well. <laughs> it was like a mascot based firm. From other radio be... stations. <laughs> From Trolley you'll FM. Su- GMR. You'll be su- you'll be surprised how many drunk fans want to punch radio mascots, actually. Yeah, that yeah, so... that doesn't surprise us. Yeah. But no, the I game itself as well. The game itself we I think we got what we realistically wanted from it, didn't we? We just didn't want to get humiliated. We didn't want to not turn up. And, you know, at half time we were all thinking, we're not just 45 minutes away from winning a cup. We're 45 minutes away from getting into Europe That was, well. That's always been my dream. Just give me one game. Like, give me one, like, entry into Europe ever. And I'll, I'll be fine. And I can, I can die happy with my Sunderland supporting yeah. career. Give me, yeah. give me Carabag away. Oh, well, we had it, we had it in well, 2004, like, didn't we? When when we got yeah. to the the semi final against Lucas, Millwall, yeah. we had that, yeah. and it was in our hands. And all we had to do was beat Millwall. I don't want to go over old ground, but I mean the fact we didn't turn up that day, you know, that still that still rankles now. Exactly. Um, as much as the FA Cup quarter final, the week after after the League Cup final rankles because that was an opportunity. But um, this, yeah, the seasons we finished seventh, when any other season yeah. apart from those two, would that would have got you in Europe? It was all these things. It just seems the football gods don't want us to to go into Europe. But when Barini's when Barini scored that moment again, I'll never yeah. ever forget that moment seeing the ball yeah. in the back of the net. Larson is bringing this out through the centre, veering towards the right, plays it to. Johnson, who lifts one over the top for Barini to chase. Company's on his shoulder. He's made a mistake, and Barini's through. Get it, Barini! Fabio Barini in the ninth minute. Great ball through to him on the right side of the penalty area. Held off Company, 
and sinks it under Pantillimon. Manchester City nil, Sunderland one. Um, what makes it worse is that Man City's two goals. I mean, Nasri's the second underrated out of the two, I think. It's yeah, an amazing goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where he hits it first time with the outside of his foot. What makes the Toure thing worse was he's since come out and admitted that he didn't mean it. Of course, yeah. of course he didn't. I, I, I watched I this game. He wasn't even looking. Well, I watched the highlights back recently. I, I don't know why. Um, but he's about 45 yards out. And from that position, you're not looking to bend it in the top corner from there. He's not, I mean, he's not even looking. No, he's oh. not. It would have been... If if he meant it, it was a no look curl into the top corner. That that no, that's exceptional. But yeah, yeah. If he did mean it, it's the best goal of all time. It's annoying that he can do that without even meaning us, though. Is as annoying oh, as it yeah. is that like the circumstances the goal came and the fact that he's capable of doing that by accident. But the Barini think... goal, like, was just so it was just so unexpected for us to take. Yeah, not just take the lead, we're taking early lead, and I fully admit, like, the rest of that first half is just a bit of a blur for me because like I was the, the the noise from the fan like from our fans through the rest of that first half was so emotional like I was watching that through like a blur of tears for the like the entire first half because well we played so well we yeah half, exactly half time you were everybody... proud of them weren't you like you yeah. even though it was just that first half and people might say that's small time but you don't get many things like this as a Sunderland yeah. fan and the fact that we've turned up and we hadn't shirked it and we were standing toe to toe with you know this super club. We were in front. We were battling. We were first to light every ball. The fans were in like amazing voice. Like that defiance you mentioned before, Stephen. That's exactly what it was. And that that Barini goal, even though we lost the game, will still be one of my favourite Sunderland goals of all time. Just because of what what it meant in that moment, you can and, you can't take that away. And the thing at yeah. the time was when we got to half time, it was one nil. It was like. As you were saying before, we'd beaten Man City four times in a row, one nil, and it's like we it is within ourselves to do this. And I still, I, I still fully believe that if that Torre goal shot hits the bar, we would have won that game. Like because they were run, they had they'd running out of ideas because they were like in their heads, it's like this is happening to us. How is this happening to us again? It's like how are this this like yeah. lower Premier League team doing this one nil to us again? Yeah, I agree. And Barini, I mean, he was offside with a really good chance to make a 2 0 as well. Yeah. We all seem think to get the, those Mormons. Those, those four goals all happened away from the Sunderland fans. They were in the opposite end. So, it happened. Uh, the Barini goal was pretty much, I was directly behind it. Um, and I was probably one of the only Sunderland fans in the stadium that day, not to not to celebrate, obviously. Um, <laughs> I, was sit, I was sitting next to. Uh, Jonathan Wilson, obviously another Sunderland fan, and the both of us, the pair of us just looked at each other. We couldn't couldn't celebrate. I think I emitted a, a low a low pitched noise, um, <laughs> which is all I could do. I just kind of like deflated for a bit. Like it was it was just unbelievable because I was di- like directly behind it as Barini hit it as well. It was, it was it was it was a special moment, even though we couldn't celebrate. We had that half time. Noel Noel Gallagher streamed streamed through at one point as well. It was like crisis. It's like kind of all the Christmases coming at once. Um, uh, you'll always but, have you'll always have that acknowledging glance with Jonathan Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the time his kind of catchphrase was whenever we scored, it would he'd always say too soon. Um, yeah, and it was it was literally too soon. It was ten minutes in. It was we could ne- we were never going to hang on to that, um, and especially with the the 
the amount of Arsenal that they had on the bench as well. I know we brought on Fletcher late on, and they they had you know Jesus Navas who cost what twenty five million. It was it, it was definitely a, it was a had we had a stronger bench, and had we been able to you know just to just to sit behind the ball and hang on to that, we're in with a chance. But yeah, that Turi goal was was definitely the, the the moment that deflated a few kind of hopes. I think the worst the worst thing for me as well, just touching on on where I was in the stadium, it was that all the goals happened at our end, um, when the city fans were still doing the Poznan, because oh, I was in God. the middle of it all. They were all turning. <laughs> they were all turning to us effectively, and you were just seeing all the faces. It's even worse. You know, you're seeing the back of someone's head jumping up and down. That's fine, but they were all turning around, <clears> going, gurning away at us. It was just. <laughs> You know, the, the only time I really want to kind of hoe my pen at them, but uh, wouldn't, <laughs> maybe wouldn't have gone down well. No, I was sorry about Stephen Fletcher. Maybe it's because I wasn't swept up in the uh, the emotion of the day because I was watching it in my house in Bury. But I will never forgive him for just for not just smashing that ball yeah. as hard as he could. Oh, yeah. It's like if you blaze, if you hit it and blaze it over the bar by a million yards, that's fine. But he tried to cross it, and I was we all, everybody knew it's like you idiots. But again. You'll let him. I can guess you'll let him off for that. Actually, no, not fuck him. No, <laughs> no, that was like the one. Could have gone to Europe, Stephen. The one sort of big grievance of the day wasn't it? That Fletcher chance. Like I was like second or third row for the game, and I was in one of the corners, um, like the, the corner that, like, if you're thinking from the uh, perspective of the camera, would be down to your right. So I had a, I was kind of in line with Stephen Fletcher there, and I was just thinking, just hit it, just hit it. And you know when you're like, kind of, well, you stood up anyway, but you're like inching yourself forward, trying to hit, like kick the ball yourself, and just doing that, and just, oh, what could have been? And I think their asses might have fell out a bit, if, if yeah, maybe, because we we had this hoodoo over them I at the time, have. as we've mentioned. Uh, <laughs> um, but we a week later, exactly a week later, we got a hole. Something else infamous about this season, that weakened team at Hull. So many <laughs> things to pick at in this season. I don't know why I ever thought in my mind we'd keep this down to an hour. Um, <laughs> but we go to Hull and lose that in a quarter-final of the FA Cup. And obviously the semi-finals, appallingly, are at Wembley nowadays. Um, so it would have been another trip to Wembley. Against Sheffield um, United, who are in League One. Against Sheffield United in League One, there you go. So... The oh, yeah. Did we know that we would already play them? Sheffield uh, United. Was there a weird quirk like that? Have I just totally made that up? Uh, no, I'm not I, sure. I think you. I, I've like no, that wasn't a thing. Oh, uh, sorry. Just... Like no, I, I had that in in my head for some reason. I don't yeah. know where I've got that from. Yeah, because uh, Hull got to the final, didn't they? I beat Sheffield United. Yeah, so they did. The wheels, absolutely, one hundred percent, come off our season. At that point, it seemed. Um, momentarily yeah, yeah. as it turned out mentioned it before prematurely earlier lose at Spurs 5-1 Lee Catterball scored I watched that game sorry I watched that game in a pub in Edinburgh and I had to get a train about like just on half time so I left the pub when we were 1-0 up thinking <laughs> oh this is great and then by the time I got phone signal again we'd lost 5-1 <laughs> to Tim Sherwood's Tottenham Oh yeah, it's when they did that salute celebration, didn't they? And there's like great, like you can see John O'Shea in the background, like looking <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Harry Kane's got his first ever goal that day. <laughs> was it, it was at this point that's when that's when Poyet was saying we needed an electric shock. 
needed the, the miracle. Used. Yeah, yeah, the miracle. miracle electric shock to kind of kickstart the season again. Um, well, he said a miracle. Yeah, just it, it, nobody ever thought we were going to stay up, did they? At this point, nah. no, no, the, no, the momentum no. had totally gone. Like after the defeat at Wembley, even though we had our heads held high, losing to Hull with you know the weakened team, it just it did massively derail us. And we had that horrible defeat away in Norwich, where we were just really yeah. limp and got beat two 0 And we're getting beat off West Ham. They beat us two one. Um, I think Johnson yeah. pulled one back, like with about 20 minutes to go and yeah. we just couldn't get a win at all and then we had that game against Everton where we did all right. That was the game I thought, oh, that's it, we've Yeah, gone. we're done. Like, I remember coming away from that being like, well, and even like resigned to it, but like, well, you know, we had, we're six games behind everyone else because of our start of the season and we've had a bit of joy at least with the cup final, beating the Mags or whatever, but nah, uh, we're done the th- now. The thing is, I was quite like... Even I was quite optimistic about it because it was like, oh well, Poyet knows the championship. He'll have us. Yeah. The, the, the football we're playing is it's not bad. We're just I don't know. We're just falling short because we had such a chaotic summer and all the upheaval and all that. So I wasn't too like downhearted because it's like, oh, we'll be in a good place if we go down to have a good like fist of it to go back up. So I was quite. I guess the one saving grace we had, we had games in hand, didn't we? Because of our mm. cup runs, like yeah, yeah, we I did. think. But the, the running game. we had, though. Oh, yeah, the running was... Well, we still had, like, Cardiff and Swansea and West Brom in there, so it, the eternal optimists, there was something to cling on to, uh, even though we were we had six games to play with seven, seven I points. don't think there were any optimists at that safety. point. Everybody had resigned themselves to the fact we were going to go down. Six. That was six... So we lose to Everton, and there are six games left. And then... What the fuck happens there? <laughs> what happens... <laughs> Conor Wickham, that's next. what happened. Conor Wickham's electric in. shock. Brilliant. It's such a short a spell of time. It was such a short spell of time for this to happen, what happened, and the run of results we go on. Starting with a draw at Man City, where. That was, uh, that was, say, that was my, one, my favourite game of the season as like an uh, well, a, a, I mean, away supporter. People, you know, if you look at the Sunderland fans behind the goal, it's only half full. A yeah. lot of people have given up at this point. Um, I can remember, like, kind of begrudgingly watching it on the telly myself thinking oh go on then you know but it's not going to make a difference we're going to get stuffed um, and then going a goal down and thinking yes we are going to get stuffed and then Rory said it there Conor Wickham who was all... nowhere near up to scratch I mean they scored after two minutes and you're thinking right this is going to be about 8-0 Oh, oh yeah! It was like the the fans that were there. I mean, it was weird because you could like, you could move around. You, like there was no. It was kind of like unreserved seating in for a Premier League game, which is like unheard of. And so, like that first half, it just went according to plan. And the second half, we came out like a team like possessed. And it's when we discovered, hey, Jacarini and Wickham have this really good uh, combination, and they were just absolutely. I was like, where's this team been? And the added on factor is that not only was like we were just we were like nailing Man City's title run because yeah. they were tr- desperately trying to catch Liverpool, um, and then <laughs> we just put, turned up and then we're two one up out of absolutely nowhere and everyone behind the goals like we can't honestly disbelief and it was like I don't I don't know where I, I don't know what he did I, I can't just say it was just Connor Wickham because. That would be too. I don't know. Was it that easy just to say bring in him? No, I think to it, prove a point. It, it's something about that comeback. 
sparked the belief back into the players, I think. Mm. Because they hadn't been that bad this season, I thought, you know what, we'll give it a go. Because when we look, what look what happens when we just went and attacked Man City in our own backyard. Mm. Um, you know, we we went two one up, but we should have won. It was a hell of by Manoni, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that was awful. Yeah. That the, the you could hear his heartbreaking when it went in. Yeah, well, again, you think, oh, we've we've, <laughs> we've knocked it, we've knocked it up. That's what you think. Yeah. Um, but if ever, I mean, the running. <coughs> We mentioned there, so you do that and you think, oh, that's it. That was our one chance because um, we should have won that game against Man City. We're going for the title. We aren't um, going to go to Chelsea and get anything there because they have never lost under Mourinho at home in like however many games that was. Net- they still oh, had yeah. an outside chance for the title themselves, I think, didn't they? Yeah, yeah that, they're in I the was mix. Lo- I was looking at the match report from that game, and I think after Chelsea were only because Liverpool. This was the season Liverpool kind of blew it. Remember under Brendan yeah. Rodgers. And I think if whoever was top at the time, Liverpool or Man City, after that game, we were Chelsea. Sorry, were only like two points behind whoever was top. They they could have still won the league that season. And then, like you were saying, Stephen Jose Mourinho hasn't lost at home in the Premier League in seventy eight games. <laughs> and then comes Conor Wickham. Barini's penalty. Josie Altador again. There's Josie Altador popping up, falling over instead of actually being fouled by um, Aspilicueta. Another dodgy sort of back pass, like, well, falling over, letting us in to get a penalty. <laughs> and I was, I was in the UN for this one. I was at this game, and it's very similar to what you said, Tom, about Man City. Just total disbelief as much as anything when we went 2-1 up. Maybe not so much because we'd had that result against Man City, so a bit of belief had crept back in. But it was just like funny as much as anything, being like, we've got a great chance now of staying up in these ridiculously unlikely circumstances. It, it, yeah, Especially it because, like... as you've said there, you knew Cardiff was next. And yeah. that, that was a game where you, it did seem to fall to the players. We've, right, we've gone, we've got this result at Chelsea unexpectedly, um, smashed this unbeaten home record, our tails are up. And now we've got Cardiff, who are next to us in the table. And they were on a tailspin at the time, like so. Like they had Solskjaer in charge, and they oh were God, yeah. they were hemorrhaging like goals and points. And it's like this is a perfect opportunity for us to like if we if we beat them here, like everyone thought if we beat them, like we're we're going to stay up. Well, yeah. some of them normally mess those games up, don't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. You normally, if, if an opportunity like this presents itself, it's too good to be true and they'll go and lose. I can remember being in the car on the way to getting dropped off in town to have a few drinks before this game and being probably as nervous as I was for the cup final. It was a midday really, kickoff that for some really, reason as well. Right. So it must have been morning or something. I was nine a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting dropped off at nine o'clock for a pint, yeah. but it was it was Wickham and Jackarini again as well. Like this is the only sort of consistent run of form Jackarini had for us, and he was he is a bit of a forgotten hero in that running because everyone thinks of Wickham coming in, Barini's quite an obvious one, like Minone as well. But Jackarini scores against Cardiff. He was excellent against Man City, like you said, Tom, and the combination he had with Wickham was just was fantastic like they looked like a proper modern sort of number 10 number 9 striker partnership didn't they like they yeah. they were like telepathic with each other like where they knew each other was going to be and maybe it's a bit harsh to say like Jatterini like totally failed at Sunderland I think it's one of them where 
just never did really. He get a chance. It yeah, just didn't. Then yeah. this is when he did get a chance, and he was. Yeah. yeah. It just didn't. Yeah, it just didn't work. And also about that time, it's Poyet had found a, a team he stuck with. It was the first time he ne- he didn't change the team, and in those, I think that in that run, he stuck the same um, like starting lineup and formation every single game. And it worked yeah. a treat. Like Larson and Larson and Colback were really pivotal to that yeah. team as well. Like I remember Colback yeah. playing especially well in that in that Cardiff game. And yeah. uh, who is yeah. your man? Who is the unsung hero at the back? Do we remember? Oh, Marcus Alonso. No, 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 no. no. Someone more funny than Marcus Alonso. Come on. Against against Cardiff. Oh, Santiago Virginia. There he is. Yes, there of he course is. he came in on loan in January. Oh, I love Virginia. I feel <laughs> annoyed that I forgot him. He's one of my favourite ever. But he, he was he playing a he was playing at right back wasn't he? Am I? Yeah, because he... I think I think O'Shane Brown were like predominant the predominant centre halves then, and Virginia was sort of filling in for for Bardsley now and again, <coughs> at mm. right back. Yeah, that that's one of my favourite ever games at the stadium of light because we we needed a turn up, and we turned up. Yeah, the atmosphere and, was great that day. Yeah, yeah. and we, and yeah, especially considering it was a midday kickoff. As Tom said, um, and you thought, well, that might get us to the West Brom game where we might need something. But then we go to Old Trafford and beat them one nil. And yeah, I mean that—that <laughs> that was that plain daft. Yeah, <laughs> it's that, just that, amazing. That, that scoreline doesn't reflect how good we were. Yeah, we, we played them off the, the park. The, the one be a, um, a non-goal that's remembered as well as oh, yeah. really <laughs> hitting the crossbar, where like you can see it to any Sunderland fan. Or if you just turn around with Sunderland fan and said. Yeah, but if Barini's goal went in when he hit the bar, they will know exactly what game you're talking about. Oh, yeah. What season it is and everything. Because we put, like, 30-pass move together, didn't we? Yeah, and that that's what was starting to make you think, God, when Poyek gets even more chance to put his stamp on this team and get that yeah. philosophy across, we're going to be this. <laughs> if, this is what we, if this is what we're doing at Old Trafford at the end of the season... Like, God, imagine what we'll be like after he's had a pre-season, which we seem to say about every manager we ever have, especially it, around this period. But And it turned out he was so great excited. the end. It all worked well, the end. Yeah. <laughs> that is, as Rory says, that the twice I've went into, into a season with that much optimism was this one and Sam Allardyce when... Um, when he finished that season. <laughs> you oh, no. And for, and for different reasons, they didn't work. Um, yeah, but you know, just on the crest of a wave, aren't we? Beat West Brom at home, swap them aside, a midweek game. Um, atmosphere is bouncing again. I remember for that one, and just playing some amazing football. We were just so assured, weren't well. we? Like yeah. we were never not winning that game. Like it's there aren't many times you see Sunderland, especially in the top flight, play that confidently yeah. and look. I think we finished above West Brom in the end, you know, as well that season. We finished 14th. Yeah, that yeah. was... Yeah. Also, do you remember at the end of that game where Josie Altador missed an open net? Because <laughs> I'm... I, are all I, these memories... Are these memories just rolling into one here, Tom? No, What's it's... Uh, <laughs> no, I, I remember it vividly because I was watching it in a, pool, in a pool hall in Leeds on a dodgy stream. Uh, and we were winning 2-0, absolutely coasting. I thought, hey, you know what? With a bit... Sign this season off in style is Josie Altador scoring. And he got crossed in from uh from the left and it goes to the back post and he's got an open goal and it goes wide and it just <laughs> <laughs> thanks Jose Jose all the best lads <laughs> you wouldn't have him any other way 
No, no. Um, if he scored more, it no, would be funny. Yeah, actually, you would have him otherwise. Um, and then you know the last game we lose doesn't really matter. Um, and th- that is, I mean, quite a quick recap of a crazy season. Yeah, <laughs> which we're probably going to have to split into two parts now. But, I think um, as well, it's worth re-emphasising on just Connor Wickham. He was out on loan that season, yeah. wasn't he? Out on loan at Leeds or and Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday. 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 To both, I think. Like so, I think that's how much yeah. he was. Os- he wasn't even in the squad for the cup final, and then yeah. a month later. Well, maybe just over a month later, he's like the linchpin of the team. <laughs> it was just, a proper this season is just insane. It's a proper throw of the dice that one because I think it, I think at the time people were saying, "Oh well, Connor Wickham's scoring goals at Sheffield Wednesday. Why don't we just why don't we bring him back?" And he did. And you know the yeah. brill, the all the brill cream and the pre-cut veg seem to uh, work a treat. Lose, losing yeah. his dog in Darius Hall. Protein. Help for heroes. <laughs> oh yeah, that was one of his things. <laughs> Yeah. No, he was, he was good. This, he was good the following Wednesday. season as well, you know. And yeah, he was. If it wasn't for like a pretty horrific injury, would probably had a decent Premier League career. He was all right. He was all right. Connor Wickham back at Wednesday. Quite now. liked him. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Went back on loan. All right. Good times. Loves it. <laughs> I feel like those final six games or final eight games, like because you would want to include like the defeated Spurs and stuff, because it was so. Um, Important to the narrative, you feel like you could do a podcast just on that little run. <laughs> yeah, I wish, like, you know, suddenly till I thrown in, suddenly until I die, if only this could have been the season, really. Yeah, god, you'd have about 20 episodes, yeah, because you've, yeah. you've got all of the Canio stuff, the Bardsley stuff, that would have been good, and then and then and then the cup and then the cup run and the cup final, and then these final few games, yeah, because that and run of those, like if it was those. scripted, that run of games would be like too predictable, almost would oh, it? yeah, like even down to Poyer saying like we need a miracle and stuff like that, and there's oh, you think they're going to beat Man City, but there's a little heartbreak with Manone, but then we go and beat Chelsea, we beat Man United, like it is like it's just too Hollywood scripted, it's like, yeah. But as you said about the Southern Till I Die, if it'd been on this year, imagine how good that back back um, behind the scenes would have been with Di Canio oh in, in, the, yeah. in the academy. Oh, God, it would have been great. Oh, <laughs> really wish they'd done yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I think if he ever gets another job, we'll just try and commission something and, and try it ourselves. We should or get him back. Give up our jobs. Yeah, go, go give up our jobs and just record Di Canio, try and get <laughs> access. Because that can't go wrong. <laughs> it can't go wrong as a series. Netflix are paying us for that. Um, so there's one idea. If you want to jot some bullet points down, Tom, we'll speak later. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> will do. Anyone else? Any, anything else to add by anybody in what was quite a breathtaking season, really? We've done. We've been going about an hour and 40 minutes there, I think. It's um, an hour and a half for, for quite a jam-packed season. Yeah, it's when, we were, uh, when I was doing like my research of this. It's just the amount of stuff that, as we said, the amount of stuff that happened. It's like no, a, cl- a normal club that happens over the span of five seasons. And yeah. it has happened all at once. But I don't know, it's one of the, maybe one of my favourite ones. I mean, we lost the majority of our games. But In terms just, of excitement, though. It was fun, like, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun. Like, that's all you want, isn't it? You know, you beat your local rivals twice. You get to Wembley, you get the quarterfinals of another cup. You beat a few of the big teams as well. Like you have some good away days. Yeah. You're a football fan. Like if you were offered that at the start, and yeah. you don't get re- you don't get relegated either. Yeah. Like that's 
You finish fourteenth, right, but then you have to go on this roller coaster to get there. Yeah. yeah. It, it, so it feels like you've won the league. We were, throughout this, we were all looking at the next preseason and saying, you know, what could be. You know, imagine, imagine this team, what we could be, and it was, it was never kind of, oh well, we're happy with that. That's that's satisfying. You know, that's some, something to tell the grandkids. It was always we wanted something more, and I think you know, as, as football fans and Sunderland fans, we always do want something more. We always want to push our team a little bit further. Um, oh yeah. So for me, I didn't enjoy it in 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 as much as the way I've enjoyed looking back on it. Um, I remember at the time the spectre of relegation was 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 pretty huge, and you know the consequences of being relegated felt felt a lot worse than the actual were. But you know, because you know we would have survived. You know, we I think have could do with Sunderland if they get relegated from the Premier League. We can always do with Sunderland. Look at us now. Well, the, the thing is, didn't want that to happen sooner than it's happened. Well, as I was saying earlier, I I wasn't too worried about what would happen in relegation because I thought all the framework's there. It's like Poyer, like I said, Poyer knew the division. He he knew how he, we had a set style of play, and I thought we would have been fine. And I think that's why in those games against Tottenham and Everton, as I said. I think most fans have resigned themselves to it, but weren't too like catastrophically like um, worried about it. Yeah, and I still think I think had we gone down then and come back up, we'd we'd be in a much better place than we are now. Whereas when we did go down, we were under well, everybody just hated everything. Everyone hated the manager. <laughs> everyone hated all the players. It was just a cauldron of hate, and yeah, look Here where we, we are now, eh? <laughs> and it all worked out at the end. <laughs> yeah. If um if anybody wants to buy name and rights of the Stadium of Light, a cauldron of hate might be a decent shout. I think Charlie um, Methan already said that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> probably, he probably has said that to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that was um quite eventful. Uh we, we were gonna come back and look at other season reviews during this um during these strange times. I was going to say unprecedented. How many times have you heard that? Um, <laughs> That'd be fitting with pan- this season. This season was unprecedented. <laughs> the pandemic pod, we'll, we'll come back to it. Um, I doubt we'll do the season that went before it, the Martin O'Neill one, sleepwalking and relegation. Can God. you imagine? Who, no. Can you imagine putting your name forward for Please, that one? Please, no. Or the one after where we <laughs> drew every game. But the one after this one? Yeah, we drew like 20 games or something. Hmm. The one yeah, after that's all right, though. Sam Allardyce one. Yeah. yeah that Although you have to cover a court one. case if you're talking about that season, so maybe we'll stay away from that right. as well. Mm. <laughs> well, we'll, ke- we'll keep them coming um, as long as we feel like there's a, a demand for them. And even if there's n- we feel like there's not a demand for them, we'll still keep them coming. So uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. Guero trying to thread it through. Picked up here on the right of the penalty area. And one now. Fernandinho in the opening minute of the game has put Manchester City 1-0 up. What a terrible start. I tell you what, we've got a mountain to climb. You can walk my path. You can wear my shoes. Land a tug like me. And be an angel too. But maybe... You ain't never gonna feel this way You ain't never gonna know me But I know you Singing in the Out on the left again Into the penalty area And a chance to Wickham <laughs>
has done it again. Fabio, um, someone's just told me that you were asked what were you thinking when you went to take the penalty and you just thought, goal. What an amazing result. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about the results, not about my goal. Obviously, it's been a very good team performance, suffering because obviously it's a great team. And we had to do this in a few parts of the game and we show character and, and always believe and we defend well and we thought when we could. Giacarini's come down to the left to take the corner. Movement now, and the ball oh, headed down again. And Connor Wickham has a brace. 4 0, 2 to Connor Wickham. Just let down and nodded the ball past Marshall. And Sunderland are in dreamland. Out to Wickham, wide right. Darren Fletcher's gone with him down to the corner. And the ball into Larson, 1 0. Seb Larson just flicks it in in the 29th minute and Sunderland take the lead here at Old Trafford. Taking this on now, past Stephen Reid, the ball in. Yeah! Jack Colback. Jack 1-0. 12 minutes. And Jack Colback, one of the out-of-contract players this summer, could well have just scored a goal which sees him stay at the Stadium of Life. Brown, 
looks up, he's inside the West Bromwich Albion half. Marini to Larson. Larson now looking for the ball over the top. Oh, what a, what goal. a lovely finish from what Fabio Marini. I said a great play by Marini and Larson, but what a finish. I think this is going to be remembered for many people in the future. In, in a few years' time, people is going to be talking, well, if Sunderland done it, it's possible, you know? There is no only one miracle. So, uh, absolutely, I mean, today is, uh, is a very special day for me.